Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Get the Ball Rolling, a sports podcast with Tyler Fessler. Hey guys, we are back uh, yet again, another episode, another installment, another podcast, whatever you want to call it. Uh, We're back again uh, today. We will be having Rhode Island, the Rams, come on the podcast. We have Coach Mike Flanagan. Uh, Super excited again uh, to uh, have yet another coach, uh, another college football program on the show, raising awareness, telling you guys about my predictions, getting a feel for what this season is going to look like. All right, so Rhode Island... I absolutely had no idea anything, like, no idea about this school. Uh, I had watched them uh, in the college basketball bracket. When was it? I think it was last year. Was it two years ago? Anyway, they played Oklahoma, and it was really interesting to see uh, that team, that was the first time I was kind of exposed to them. Uh, so I decided uh, when I was going through this podcast, I was like, hey, I'm going to reach out to every member of the CAA. I want to – the 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 big sky in the CAA were the, the, the conferences that I wanted to cover to start off this podcast along with my own thoughts and my own episodes that I'll do where I'm just talking. And uh, Rhode Island came up, and I was able to reach out. They worked super well with me, got me right in scheduled. Uh, so shout out to them for being able to do that as quickly as they did uh anyway so this team is really an interesting uh kind of team didn't know a lot about them after after a lot of uh a lot of digging and a lot of uh study i guess well is that if that's what you want to call it um a lot of fact-finding, I guess. Uh, it was really, really a fun, fun time to do so. So I thought it would be interesting to go and talk about, like, to straight off, to, to start off with facts about Rhode Island. Now, Rhode Island is a very small state, right? I believe it is the, the smallest state in the Union uh, by quite a bit. Uh, it is only 1,214 square miles. Uh, its distances from north to south are 48 miles. From east to west is 37 miles. And that kind of blows my mind because I have actually ran. Uh, I've never ran 48 miles at a time. Uh, I've r- actually ran. Uh, the farthest I've gone is 24. Oh, no. I take it back. 26. 26, yes, that is a marathon. So I was able to run 26, uh, 37, so that's only 11 more miles than I would have been able to run across the entire state. And for me, being from the West Coast, uh, it takes – I've driven from, from northern Utah, for those of you that aren't familiar, Logan is the, the most northern part of Utah, uh, Smithfield, Utah. It's where my wife's uh, – part of my wife's family is from. And I have gone from Smithfield, Utah – and I have driven, which is basically the Utah-Idaho border, down to St. George, Utah, which is the basically the Utah-Arizona-Utah-Nevada border right there. We're eight miles away, pretty much. Uh, so I've made that drive. I made it with the cross-country team. I made it with my friend uh, Hunter. We went up to see one of our friends. Uh, anyway, so we I've made that that uh, that drive before. And it takes... 
probably about seven hours. You have to stop, go to the bathroom, get something to eat, you know, that, those kinds of things. Uh, if you drove straight through, maybe six and a half if you're lucky. But that, that that's a long time. That's a long drive. I mean, uh, length of Utah's a little over... Well, I think it's around 400 miles, uh, probably a little bit under 400 miles. But still, regardless, that is an extremely far drive. And, uh, I mean, when I drive from my house to Salt Lake, that's 37 miles. That that blows my mind. Um, I, when I lived in Davis County, and driving into Salt Lake, 37 miles, that, that that's nothing. And now I'm driving across the state. So smallest state in the country. Uh Really interesting uh, place. I kind of feel I've never been to uh, Rhode Island, but I can only imagine it. I I, I guess I kind of get Rhode Island and Massachusetts and Connecticut kind of a, a thought in my head. And I think of it as old colonial, uh, like a big town, uh, big uh, houses, lots of uh, not a lot of windows, just a lot of architecture. Again, you guys can can tell me, those of you who have been to the East Coast, you guys can can tell me how it really is. But that's kind of how I see it. I see it as, for whatever reason, kind of how I picture Seattle, maybe a little bit of gloomy, uh, being close to the sea. Uh, I picture whales. That's kind of what I think of when I think of Rhode Island, and I don't know where you guys what you guys think of Rhode Island as, but that's how I picture Rhode Island. Uh, uh, be interesting. Maybe I need to look up a little bit about the weather and the facts there, but that's kind of how I I picture it. Uh, kind of an overcasty uh, old towns, cobblestone streets in the town center, those kinds of things. Uh, the University of Rhode Island is uh, in Kingston or in South Kingston. Uh, look that out. They have a 73% acceptance rate, so it's a pretty good school if you're talking about that, as well as academics and stuff like that. So that is what I think of Rhode Island, and their football team, uh, when I started looking, uh, this football team has been through a lot, and this coach, uh, Jim Fleming, is an amazing coach, and I'm going to explain to you why. To start off, uh, the foot. This football team. Uh, I don't know when their first season was. I could not find that stat for you. But they've only been to the FCS playoffs three times, and in the last uh, seventeen years, two thousand and eighteen was the first winning season, and that was coached by Coach Jim Fleming. Right. That is extremely a really hard thing to do. Right. When you go into a program, they've been to three uh, FCS. Playoff appearances, 81, 84, 85, and they went to the quarterfinals, and that was when it was a little bit harder to get in. Uh, they only had, uh, I mean, like, they had, like, first round, then it went quarterfinals, so it was it was a really quick into the playoff system. You had to win, you know, probably win uh, the conference to be able to get in there. However, uh, this coach turned this, this team around, and he's entering into his sixth year. He's been here since... Uh, well, he started, he was hired in 2013, uh, his first year was 2014, and last year they had a really good season, uh, going 6-5. and five. Uh, The 6-5, and five, they were able to get wins against Delaware, uh, Albany, Harvard, Brown, which they tromped on Brown, 48 to nothing, uh, William and Mary, and to finish off, they had a win against New Hampshire. So this team 
had a really good season last year, and they should. I, I mean, I want to congratulate them for for a season. It is it is hard to be able to overcome when when you're when you're put up against a wall and you're in you go into these programs. Kind of like I talk about uh, you if you listen to the third part of uh, teams we most approve. Uh, kind of reminds me of Eastern Michigan, where you know they had only been to a couple bowl games, and all of a sudden Chris Creighton. He's actually in his fifth year. Jim Fleming's in his sixth year, but Chris Creighton, you know, has able has been able to get to a bowl game. He turns it around, turns the culture around, and I think this is what Jim Fleming is doing, and he's doing it very smartly. He's doing it uh, to the best that he can, and it's going to be interesting to see where this Rhode Island team ends up this coming year, uh, due to their schedule. Uh, if you guys listened, I talked about Montana and the strength of schedule those guys have. Well, I feel like this schedule definitely favors uh Rhode Island in uh despite them playing two FBS teams I think that they have a really favorable schedule so let's dive into it so last year they went six and five uh they tied uh well they played I actually played eight CAA games uh but they had the same amount of wins as Elon uh, the Phoenix, uh, they're a really good football team. They're actually ranked dirt throughout the year, uh, kind of had a disappointing turn in the end, but they had the same record as Elon, uh, and so they were right there. Uh, Towson was the final team to get in, so they had and to go into the FCS playoffs. You had Maine, James Madison, Delaware, Stony Brook, Towson. They had five out of the CAA, and uh, Elon and Rhode Island were right there. Uh, just on the the like on the outside looking in, uh, I'm sure when the committee got together to choose the teams that at large bids, I'm sure that Elon and Rhode Island were actually talked about just due to the just due to the, the immensity of the CAA, the the depth of the CAA. When you get five teams in, that that's really impressive. So. Uh, last season, uh, they did well. This upcoming season, they have the opportunity to do well and. Personally, I think that they could even better uh, their their win total. Now, again, I won't be going over predictions. I'll be at a later date and time, probably when we get into August. But uh, you, they start off uh, in Ohio at Ohio, uh, Ohio in Athens, Ohio. The Bobcats, they are, I would say, the one word that describes Ohio to me is consistency. They are pretty much an eight and four team year round. You know. They're gonna they're gonna win. They're gonna do well in the their their preseason or their uh, their non conference, and then they will do well throughout the MAC. They'll lose maybe one MAC game, go to the MAC championship. Uh, last year they did not. Buffalo actually made it, but uh, that's kind of consistency. So they they take on Ohio. Uh, they play home against Delaware on the road against New Hampshire. Home against Stony Brook at Brown. And then they play at Virginia Tech, at Albany, home against Elon, home against Merrimack, at William and Mary, at Maine, and then home against James Madison. So if you look at it, you gotta uh, like what I like to do is break it down a, a schedule, right? You start off with Ohio, that's going to be hard FBS program. You're also on the road, uh, Rhode Island, Ohio. That's a, uh, for me. I feel like that'd be a pretty you know long uh, journey. Uh, you play them. That's going to be a tough game. You do play Delaware, and last year uh, I believe they beat Delaware, and so they were able to to prove to themselves how they did it so you know they're going to be able to run with the big dogs uh they play new hampshire at new hampshire and you look at it you kind of break it down okay that's a three game stretch that will be 
pretty tough. Delaware, New Hampshire, Stony Brook. Luckily, you get two of those games at home. And then you go at Brown. Brown uh, did not play well last year. They went 1-9. and nine. Uh, This coaching staff is 2-3 and three overall against Brown. But if I was a betting man, I would take Rhode Island in a win there. So you, so even despite it being on the road, you get the win. Uh, you do go on the road to Virginia Tech, which obviously uh, they're going through a little bit of a change with Josh Jackson leaving. And I actually talked about him in the in one of the other podcasts. So. There you go. Um, you look at it. You have Virginia Tech. Then you play Albany, Alon, Merrimack. And I think that is a pretty favorable uh, three weeks. I don't know what Merrimack College is. I looked it up. Uh, they're actually transitioning to go to the FCS level. They, I believe they were probably Division Two. I didn't look it up, but they had a bunch of names that I had never heard of. Uh, and now they're playing like a bunch of teams that I had heard of this upcoming season, Rhode Island being one of them. So they're in a transition phase. But you get those three games, I think you can – and t- again, two of them at home – that will be favorable for you. And then you finish off the year pretty tough on the road against William & Mary, on the road against Maine, and then home against James Madison. That will be the hard. So you kind of have two um, two parts where the schedule is hard, and then you have uh, kind of towards the middle, uh, you take out Virginia Tech. You might get a little bit uh, – be able to get a few wins. Again, this team has the talent, and they have – People whom uh, at the helm that that are have the best interests in mind for Rhode Island football. Uh, so we will have uh, upcoming on the podcast. We are going to have Coach Mike Flanagan uh, up next. Uh, we'll have a sponsored segment provided by Anchor, and then we will dive into Coach Flanagan. So up next, Coach Mike Flanagan, Rhode Island Rams. And that was our sponsored segment by Anchor. Uh, hold on, guys. I will be patching you guys into Coach Flanagan as we speak. Stay tuned to be able to get the full interview with the Rhode Island Rams tight ends and recruiting coordinator. Okay, welcome back to Get the Ball Rolling. Today we are here with Coach Mike Flanagan from Rhode Island University. How are you doing today, Coach? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good myself. So... I'll start off this uh, with this question: What brought you to Rhode Island, and what is your what is the best part about coaching for Rhode Island? Uh, I was born and raised in Rhode Island, so I grew up uh, watching this program. Uh, my grandfather played back here in the '50s, so uh, he was involved growing up. Uh, just kind of a place I've always had a passion for. Uh, I didn't go to college here, but I had the opportunity to come back in a in a coaching capacity and. Uh, it's been a great experience for me and, you know, being being able to stay home and continue to try and help develop the football uh, around the state and uh, in the area has been something that I've taken a lot of pride in and um, seen a lot of positive progress since I've been here. So it's it's been a great opportunity. Awesome. Awesome. So I guess where Rhode Island is the only uh, school – uh, in Rhode Island, like with, with a lot of, like with sports and stuff like that, what does the football program mean, uh, to the state and to the people that are around? 
I think that uh, Rhode Islanders have a lot of pride in, in their home state, you know, and it, it's been a thing where our program uh, in the past, it, you know, under underachieved for a long time. So uh, it's been exciting for us to see, you know, the past season with some of our success, uh, first sellout crowd at home um, about 18 years or so. And, you know, just being able to see the excitement everywhere you go, uh, you know, it's a small state, so. You know, no matter where you are out and about, people are asking about the program and, and really interested. So we're lucky to kind of, you know, be the program in state that, you know, everybody's excited about and everybody gets behind. And uh, it's been great for our program and our kids to be able to help turn that around and continue to raise some of the excitement around the state. Yeah, for sure. I mean, being the only one, I feel like everyone would, would be Rhode Island football fans. So that'd be pretty cool. Uh, from here to Foxborough, it's, it's all uh, URI football. So that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, so, what were some of your your guys as a coaching staff? What were some of the goals going into the spring game, and do you feel like you guys were able to to get those goals accomplished? Um, yeah, I think as you're going into spring, uh, it's always important really to focus on the fundamentals um, and get back to kind of the stuff that you know in season. You know, a game plan and everything, it, it's its on the roll a lot. So we had a good time to be able to go back and, and refine our fundamentals, uh, especially with some of our younger players who I think took a huge step. You know, we lost uh, some starters from last year's team, and I think some, some of the younger guys really stepped up. So we were able to kind of get that groundwork and then just continue to improve on, uh, you know, every facet. We got a lot of guys that have played a lot of football for us now. So just being able to improve and continue uh, to work on the fundamentals and everything, but being able to do a lot of that stuff through your base offense and defense and seeing the continued improvement and carry over from the fall was, you know, pretty exciting for the players and coaches. That, that, yeah, I was uh, looking at it. You, you guys are bringing back quite a few veterans on, on both sides of the ball. So, you know, have those guys there as kind of anchors to be able to lead your team uh, is always a bonus uh, to have those there. So the next question that I have uh, coming out of spring and going into the fall uh, as, you know, in the media, for Rhode Island football fans, for, you know, just everybody, who who are some stars or some bright names that we need to be paying attention to this upcoming season? Yeah, I think there's uh, two guys that, that come off the top of my head offensively to start with is um, – you know, our all-conference first-team all-CA wide receiver Aaron Parker uh, just been an electric player uh, for us over the past three seasons. He's coming in. This will be his fourth year starting. Uh, just a really talented player. You know, match him up with any of the wide receivers across the conference or across the country. Um, I think he's right up there in the top, and he's a special player that it's a great leader and works really hard uh, to continue to get better. So he's somebody that, you know, we're really excited about as an offensive weapon. Um, and also, our you know, Offensive lineman, left tackle, Kyle Murphy. Uh, again, another first-team All-CA guy returning for us, anchoring that offensive line. Uh, he'll be a four-year starter for us as well. And he got you know, preseason recognition as an FCS All-American. Um, you know, I know that those are some of the NFL teams have been interested in those two guys and excited to see them continue to develop into their senior years. Oh. Um, you know, on offense, we, we got some other guys coming back that, you know, both of our top leading rushers are coming back. Lorenzo Bryant, uh, Naeem Jones, got a talented group there with the kid Matt Pyers and Justice Antrim, who got most improved. Um, I think we got a good tight end group 
We got our fullback comes back, Joe Kenny, who's, you know, another kid that's going to be coming back is, you know, really a three, four year starter for us. Um, and good development with, you know, younger guys that were able to play last year and Caleb Warren's a, a young tight end that we're excited about here in Hunter Gorgas as well. So, um, offensive line wise, you know, besides Murphy, we've got, uh, Dwayne Scott coming back at center. Um, he's been another guy that's going to be his fourth year starting along with the kid, Kevin Lawrence. So, you know, excited about that group with, with some of the younger guys coming up and a kid, Evan Lovell, uh, started William Mary game last year. Uh, a couple of guys, Nick Curry and Lorenzo Thompson that have taken good strides. And then that, you know, wide receiver, you know, bringing back Parker and then uh, another kid, Isaiah Coulter, who's you know, a special player with a lot of talent. So really excited to see him continue to take the, the next step next year. And, uh, yeah, he'll be somebody for sure to keep an eye out for. Awesome. Thank you. I I will write those names down, and I'll be sure to be able to, to be looking for their numbers and their names as they're called up in the in the fall. Uh, I guess I guess the last question I have, and I think this is a big one, you know, the CAA is, is an extremely deep and an extremely uh, talented football conference. Uh, it takes a lot to be able to get to the playoffs and stuff. What are you guys? What are you guys going to do differently uh, to be able to compete and be able to make it into the playoffs this upcoming year? Um, you know, I think I think a lot of it, uh, you know, comes down to kind of you know something that we've embraced, which is our three more feet. Uh, just keep pushing and you know continue to build the program from within. Uh, yeah, I think a big thing come back for us is. We're excited about a lot of the depth that we got at different positions, um, you know, especially defensively. You know, we got defensive line-wise with a, with a guy, Montez Wilson, who was a special player a couple years ago. He's coming back, uh, who was injured last year. And uh, Brandon Gennetti, interior guy. And then, you know, look at Andre Depot, who won most improved defensively for us. So I just think as you look at that and to our secondary with, you know, Rashad Dickerson, uh, Mama Duembe, some of the other guys coming up, we, we just got more depth than we've had in the past. So I think that's some where our guys continue to push, uh, competing with each other, you know, uh, pushing each other every day to get better, but also adding a lot more depth than we've had in the past. So I think that, you know, we're excited across the board with what we got and how hard our players have been able to continue to work. And as they've been able to do that and develop, um, it's made us a better team as a whole. And I think that's what, you know, we got to do to take the next step as a program. Um, and we're excited to go out there and show that this fall. Awesome. Well, that is that is extremely exciting, Coach. I'm I'm glad for the opportunity to for you to come on the show and talk a little bit about Rhode Island football. I know I will be I'll be down here in uh, in Utah. I'll be keeping a pretty close eye on on what happens and how everything plays out. But good luck to you and to your program this upcoming season. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk about Rhode Island football. Always interested uh, to keep talking and raising the awareness. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. That was one of the reasons why I I started this this podcast was to be able to to talk about you know I I love FCS football. I grew up in Ogden, uh, so I was around Weaver State, and I'm down here around SUU. And I think it's important to be able to talk about these about your guys's programs and it's it's a lot of fun football and i've been able to had a lot of good opportunities covering it so thank you thank you keep up the good work yep for sure for sure uh good luck on your season take care thanks bye
Okay, that was Coach Mike Flanagan. Uh, that was a really fun, interesting interview, uh, again, to get his perspective on uh, this upcoming season. Again, I think this team is loaded, and I'm going to say that more on the offensive side. Uh, as I was looking through the statistics, uh, he even mentioned one of the guys that I had written down. Uh, the offensive side of this team Outside of losing their starting quarterback, they really do bring back a lot uh, on the offensive line, on as skilled players, and uh, even though they lose, they lost their starting quarterback. They bring back somebody, uh, Vito Piore, that still was able to put up numbers last year. So we're going to look at it. Uh, rushing, they bring back their two top rushers, which is Zoe Bryant Jr. and Niam. Niam Jones, name Jones, sorry if I messed up your name, but uh, they both had uh, 456 and 435 rushing yards respectively. Uh, and then on the passing side, you have Vito Priore, 781 passing yards last year, and that was being the backup uh, to the to the other quarterback that was there. Receiving of Aaron Parker, uh, he is the you know first-team uh selection for the Rams really a, a great talent had 955 receiving yards this last year and then they bring back their second uh leading receiver Isaiah Coulter with 604 and uh I say that their their senior or their their veteran laden is that all of these guys are either seniors or juniors they have been around the program they have paid the pot price uh, a lot of for me a lot of the when you when you think about sports and you can take any sport for example the team that pays the price is a team you know that 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 is successful uh a lot of times in sports you know growing up you look uh i was able to see it you know uh, parents with the money you know sent their kids to camps and stuff like that but it was you know, I look at it now and see who's playing. It was the kids that were, I mean, yeah, those kids that went to those camps and stuff, uh, you know, they were good and they were, they were good, but it was the kids I know personally that were out in the front yard or always calling us to go play football at the park and stuff. Those are the people that are successful now. It's the people that pay the price. And I think part of paying the price is also uh, paying your dues, uh, so to speak. Meaning, uh, you you sit on the bench. You know you you you're in the system for three years. You're waking up early. You're going to weights. You're keeping your cardio intact. Even though you know football is a lot of bursts of speed and a burst of acceleration, adrenaline, those kinds of things. You bring those. Th- you bring that aspect into it. Uh, I think. It's really interesting uh, when you look at it on an offensive side of the ball. You have this many veterans. It's going to, you're you're going to do well, right? On the defensive side of the ball, they did lose a lot of their uh, leading guys. Uh, they the one guy that is coming back, who was the second leading tackler, was uh, Brian Javier Castillo. Uh, he had 78 tackles and two interceptions this next year. A lot of the other guys are going to be younger players on the defensive side of the ball for the Rhode Island Rams. So and and I and I feel like with with defense it's not I mean it's important to have your guy that that's the senior that's the tar, that's the talker that's you know the 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 voice of the defense being able to pick up schemes. 
just as important as, as learning the schemes of your defensive coordinator is as important as learning the offensive schemes of the other teams, right? A lot of these, a lot of these coaches, they've been, uh, a lot of the offensive guys, they've been two, three, four years at this, in the CAA uh, coaching. So you know, if you are a, you know, a smart, defensive-minded guy and you're a linebacker, cornerback, you're going to be able to know what these guys are going to do. And it... I like uh, – there's a quote that says, you know, you always bet on your people. Well, you throw your guy out there, you're going to bet on him that he's going to be able to be successful. That as a cornerback, he'll be able to go up to against the best in the conference, best in the nation. So I think, uh, again, defense – I feel like defense is a lot easier to teach. Uh, I feel like offense, knowing the playbook, uh, getting – the snap countdown, kind of having that offensive flow is a lot more important. And having all these veterans on the offensive side of the ball is going to prove big in the success of the Rams this upcoming season. Uh, they really an interesting team. I've been trying my best. Uh, again, I always reference Maine, and I don't, I don't mean to offend anyone or or anything. I always reference this because Maine was predicted, you know, middle of the pack of the CAA this last year and they ended up winning it, right? So when I when I think about that and I'm like, okay, who you and I think of as media, you're always asking who's the next team? Who's the sleeper team that we're going to say uh, only win six games is going to be barely going to barely miss the 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 cutoff to the play. Who is that team? And I like I like this Rhode Island team. I think that there's a lot of potential. Uh, I think that this conference is stacked. I mean, they do they do play Maine, James Madison, Delaware, and Stony Brook. Uh, they don't play Towson, luckily. But those were the top four teams in the in in their conference. Well, if you take those, you know, you say let's go get two of them. Let's go get three of them. As competitors, if I was on the team, I'd say let's get all four, but you know, if I'm looking at it, go get two two wins, right? Okay, now Ohio, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's really talented. Well, let's go make some noise. Let's go try. Let's go see if we can uh, stir some feathers, uh, stir it up in Athens, Ohio. All right, don't automatically assume that you're going to lose those games. Continue to bet on yourselves, uh, and then the, the rest of the, the, the schedule kind of lines up for you. So, Again, really an interesting team. Tough schedule. They have two tough uh, sections. Again, middle section is a little bit more favorable. Watch out for this Rhode Island Rams. Uh, Rhodey the Rams, their mascot. Uh, be looking for them on Saturdays this coming fall. Moving on to the to the last kind of the sign off on this this podcast. Like I said, really enjoyable uh, interview. Really enjoyable, fun time in order to talk to Rhode Island. Again, I'm always going to give you guys a preview into the next episodes coming up. I do have Teams of the Most Approved uh, Part 3 ready to go, but I I feel that these interviews are a little bit more important, and I like them a lot more than just me talking and my expertise. I mean, a lot of people I feel like are like, who are you to say uh, you're just uh, a watcher? Of the, just a fanatic of the sport, but uh, so I will stick to the interviews, and then when if I don't have an interview on the given day, then I will insert one of those. 
Also, a lot of fun stuff. I'm, I've been working with Slinging the Pill podcast. My friend Jeff Tuckett, who also hosts that show, will be on this show. We're going to be talking about the transfer portal, whether it is helping or hurting college football. Uh, so stay tuned for that upcoming. Uh, on this Friday, I had the opportunity to talk to Weber State, Maine, and now uh, this just in breaking news, I guess if you want to call that, North Dakota football. Uh, they are an FCS independent. So it will be kind of a curveball there to be able to talk to them, get their thoughts and ideas of this upcoming uh, football season, North Dakota is super talented. They, they make a lot. They disrupt a lot of things. Uh, they play a lot of teams out of the Missouri Valley and the Big Sky Conference. I actually thought they were in the Big Sky. They're all, they're an FCS independent. This uh, just got the email. Now I'll be talking with them. So again, a lot of interesting things upcoming. A lot of stuff to talk about. Less than eighty days away from the start of college football. Uh, I will be providing you with the most. Uh, for your listening enjoyment, wherever you listen, your car, uh, your home, doing homework, whatever it is, listen up, tell your family, tell your friends, uh, super fun, again, leave any suggestions, follow me on on Facebook, Instagram, you can uh, DM me or Facebook messenger me, I'm always here, basically 24-7, hear your opinions, hear your thoughts, get excited for this upcoming football season, ladies and gentlemen, and I hope you guys have a great week. Keep the ball rolling.